Some of you may call it a hike. I don't want to deal with trap. Robert, I don't like you that much. Albeit that last one fair. There are so many fun things to do in this city. In addition to visiting me. Yes, I'm adding you directly. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in your day. I want to thank you for making me a part of it. And welcome to Rob Takes On, where the hashtag is silent. I'm your host, hey, it's me, Rob, on Twitter, and it's a great day for a great day. Welcome to another episode. Welcome to November. It's No Shave November week two at this point. By the time you're listening to this episode, unless you're an avid listener, in which case you caught me at the very beginning of No Shave November week one. I started a little bit late. Nevertheless, we are in the, in the heart of November, and there is plenty to talk about in the world of sports, which we will get into, and there is just plenty to talk about in the world of life. And that's what this podcast is, the Rob Takes On podcast. You didn't see it, but the hashtag was silent right there. So this past week, we'll start with the Rob Takes On of the week in my opening statement. Rob Takes On being fit? And I say that with a question mark there. Because I started going to the gym, I guess a week or so ago, I started going to the gym a little more regularly and for a couple of reasons. First, I hate myself. That's simple enough. But I decided I'm going to try to start going to the gym. Um, New year, new me kind of thing. I'll get to the New Year's resolutions in a second. But dad bods are forever, but you've got to maintain the dad bod right? Like the dad bod says, I can eat 20 chicken nuggets, but I also go to the gym sometimes. And for me, I was only doing one half of that formula. So decided to add the second half. Lately, I've been going to the gym. I'm not training for anything. I'm not trying to do accomplish anything. There's no weight loss goal. It's just feel better about myself. And lately I have been, which is a plus. New year, new me. New year's resolutions are not just for January. And here's where I'm getting at. Today is November 8th or 9th or 10th or 11th. It's, it's a day. Whatever day it is, look at the clock, look at the calendar, whatever today is, obviously that's what today is, right? And there are 365 days between this day and next year's day at this time. A new year is starting right now. We celebrate birthdays, for example. Mine's in March if you want to send me a gift feel free. Uh, But point being is like you celebrate the beginning of a new year every year on your birthday. Every year on the 4th of July is a celebration of a year, another year that's gone by for something. We just put these new year's resolutions on our docket in January because it's the official calendar year. I, for one, am incredibly opposed to that. I've always been a big fan of doing new year's resolutions every chance I get because I'm not good, just like everybody else, at keeping my New Year's resolutions. When I was in school, my New Year's resolutions typically came in September because that was the beginning of the new year. What am I going to do in school? What am I going to do in the gym? What am I going to do academically, socially, whatever it is? And then I kind of reevaluated as the school year went on. But by by the time January comes around, it's too late to make New Year's resolutions for school. So my New Year's resolutions this year are coming in November. And let's say by the time January comes around, if I've kept to these New Year's resolutions in November, then I'm going to keep doing them in January and I'll see the rest of you joining me in the gym in January. But what's going to happen is you're all going to say in January, oh, I need to start going to the gym and you'll join me there. Why not just go now? If you know at the end of the holiday season, you're going to say, I ate too much this holiday season. I didn't exercise. It was too cold. I came up with all these excuses. If you know in January, you're going to say, 
I need to go to the gym more often, then start going now. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not saying I'm better than you or I'm perfect or anything, but I know that in January, I'm probably going to say the same thing. So I decided to start a little bit early. Last week, I talked about pet peeves. I also want to touch on that before I bring my guest on because we have a whole plethora of things that we're going to talk about. None of them include pet peeves. I've fallen to this way too frequently as of late. I'm not a big fan of Snapchat um, streaks as a, as a whole. They just I, I don't really like Snapchat streaks, to be honest. But in addition to that, having conversations on Snapchat is so, so hard for me. Like I'll send pictures all day, but as soon as I have to focus on remembering what it is I said to you 10 minutes ago and then you don't respond right away and you respond to whatever it is I said to you and I have to then think, what did I say that would elicit that response? I, it causes way too much thought. Like I have to write down when I send you a, a Snapchat picture with text what I said so that when you respond, I know what, I'm, what you were responding to. Way too confusing. Just text me, FaceTime me, phone calls. Prefer that. Um, I mean, it's something I'll do for the people I care about. And, and if that's the way you enjoy conversating, then yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. But it frustrates me when I forget what I said, because then I would be like, uh, what did you just respond to? Please bring me back up to speed. And then by the time they respond to that, they're like, I, I have no idea anymore because it's gone. It's gone forever. And you know what else is gone forever? My domestic partnership with my ex-roommate, who is my guest on the show today, Carter Evans. First and foremost, Carter, welcome to Rob Takes On, and uh, welcome to Norfolk. Hey, man. Norfolk. It's great to be here. Uh, thank you for having me on. I've, uh, I've been listening since episode zero. Big fan. So this is kind of like a, a starstruck moment for me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm glad to talk about what we got you know, coming up. Means the world, but Carter made the drive to Norfolk wild. Some of you won't do that. Some of you may call it a hike. Some of you say, I don't want to deal with traffic. Some of you say, Robert, I don't like you that much. Like, albeit that last one, fair. But the rest of them, there are so many fun things to do in this city. In addition to visiting me. I like to think I'm a pretty okay guy. I think Carter can attest to that. Um, shut up. <laughs> You're not helping my case. Point being is, is it a little bit of a drive from Newport News? Carter, yes or no? Well, you know, it's not too bad. I mean, I came at like 7.45, so it wasn't a huge deal. Um, the tunnel did slow me down. Definitely goes back to the pet peeves. People just slow down because there's a roof. I hate that. But uh, yeah, no, it wasn't too bad. It was, it was kind of nice. You would say it was worth it though. Yeah, it was worth it. Thank you. That's all I ask. I really think that I'm a good time, at least fun enough that you're, it's worth driving. And how long did it take you to get here? About 35 minutes. 35 minutes. Not that bad. Especially, you know, because Dumars is here too. So Dumars. It's a two for one. They invented the ice cream cone machine. How cool is that? That's very cool. You can see I, it outside the window of my apartment. It's very nice. It's right there. Walking distance. Anyway. Anyway, beyond that, thoughts on the place? I mean, this is the first time you've seen my apartment. I like it. You know, it's, it's a good spot. It's kind of right where, where you know, everything is. Um, you know, the place is, is pretty nice. I like, I like the high ceilings. Very good lighting in here. I really like the cabinets. Of course, nobody can see this, but, you know, it's, it's nice. Just take my word for it, I guess. And if you don't want to take his word for it, come visit me. I'd love, I'd love to have you here. But you can't, 
you can't enjoy it aesthetically if you don't come and say hello. I think we described our, or defined our relationship uh, specifically on Facebook, which if it's not Facebook official, it's not real. It was Facebook official for a while that we were in a domestic partnership. Now, our definition of a domestic partnership is very different from the world's. And without saying anything, without, I mean, we don't have this noted, but what is the one thing that I would say, Carter, or that we would say together defines a domestic partnership? Definitely sharing toothpaste. Sharing toothpaste, yes. No question. That's what I was going to say. Five out of five dentists would recommend sharing toothpaste with your domestic partner. That's facts. Facts. Six out of ten wouldn't recommend, you know, sharing a toothbrush, but we shared toothpaste, among other things. Well, we don't have to talk about we that. We had to get into That's all not that. Really, yeah, it's not, the world isn't ready for that. It's a clean podcast. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but, I mean, we have plenty of, of inside jokes, and, like, I think... Easily, you were probably one of the best roommates I ever had for a variety of reasons. And I hope Aaron doesn't listen to this because, you know, maybe he might be offended. But we had good times. I don't know why I didn't keep living together, to be honest. That's true. We did have very good times. Um, beyond Dumars, beyond coming to visit me, let's talk a little bit about what else there is to do in the city. I mean, there's O'Connor's Brewing, which is right there. We need Love to go it. sometime. I um, love it. I actually did a flight of all of their IPAs not too long ago. For someone who's not 21, what is there to do in this city, you might ask? Tons of stuff. I can think of at least one or two or several things. I think we should just go back and forth, just listing things yeah. and see. Let's, let's play a game called Off the Top of Your Head, Things You Can Do in Norfolk Without Being 21. First and foremost, take a stroll down Granby Street. For sure. And then, of course, Ocean View's got to make the list. Sports, tides, admirals. The zoo right down the street. Botanical gardens. There's also that man spa that you were talking about. Oh, Jake's one Place. One of your early episodes. Jake's Place. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's, a, I mean, there are plenty of other things that you can go to. Nauticus. There's plenty of culture and art. The Neon District. Chrysler Hall. There's no shortage of things to do if you're not 21. So. Or you could also visit Rob. Or you could visit me. <laughs> like, that's what I'm trying to get at. If you may happen to not be 21 and you think that this is a quote-unquote hike, yes, I'm adding you directly. Please come visit. I'd love to have you. Come hang. Um, one of my favorite things to do in the city, and we touched on it uh, earlier in that list there, was Tides games and Admirals games. Sports aren't necessarily like the core of the Norfolk market, but like because it's pretty much a weather market as far as the news is concerned. But it's one of my favorite things to do, and it's one of my favorite things to talk about. With that in mind, before we get into the second half of, of the non-sports topics, core of today's show is Rob takes on the sports ball some more. And now we're about halfway through the regular season for NFL, and we're more than halfway through the regular season for college football. So let's dig into that. First and foremost, let's talk about the race to the bottom in the NFL. How sad some of these teams like the Giants and the 49ers are. But with who? Like, who are they going to draft in the first round this year? Like, I don't see anybody all too impressive coming into this draft class. Well, I think you're definitely right. Um, I do think that at the bottom of the list, you're going to get Oakland 
and you're going to get the New York football giants. Um, and at the end of the day, they're looking for different people um, because John Gruden's made it abundantly clear that Derek Carr is his quarterback. Um, and the Giants have made it very clear that they desperately need a quarterback. Eli. But who are they going to draft? Well, you know, I mean, there's, you know, Justin Herbert, if he does decide to declare for the draft, he's the quarterback at Oregon. Um, or Ryan Finley from NC State, another quarterback. Um, I think they would, you know, be more than happy to come into such a historical franchise um, and see if they can turn things around because you can't really get much worse at this point. I, I mean, the Giants are in full tank mode. We all know that. The Raiders, you can tell by selling all of the assets that they have, full tank mode. And after last night, do you think Dallas should be in full tank mode as well? I think Dallas is close. Um, I think they have a lot of weapons, uh, but I don't think that they're good at putting the weapons together. Dallas had, until last night, they had a pretty decent defense. Um, and, you know, they have... They have some key offensive players that really should be doing better than they are. I think that they can still... Salvage something? Yeah, they can still do something. Well, do you think there's a specific win total that that the Cowboys have to get for Jason Garrett to keep his job? Jerry Jones has already said, it's not happening in the middle of the season, but do you think there's a magic number for Jason Garrett to be here another year? Because with Jerry Jones being the GM of that team, he's not going to take blame. For, for not having the weapons. So who are you going to cast blame on? The head coach. Obviously. So where's the cutting block for Jason Garrett in Dallas? You know, I think it's hard to say just because of the relationship of Jerry with Jason Garrett. There, there obviously is a relationship there, and I think it's hard to put a number on that. However, I definitely don't see this season going well for them. I think, you know, maybe they can get six wins, go 6-10 and ten on the season, um, be third in the NFC East. Only, so that means you, know, you think the only, Redskins are definitely going to be second at least. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I I have the Redskins actually going ten and six. Um, really? Quite possibly. Possibly. Um, yes. Well, what about the O line injuries that they just experienced? And that no way. That's where the question marks. Not come eight in. and eight at best. That's where the question marks. It's been come a great in. start, but with the O line injuries, I don't see them maintaining this. Well, right, but you also have to remember. Um, you know, AP is doing incredible things. When he does well, they win. Right. When the Reds can Absolutely. score first, they win. Right. But this offense is average at best. Right. But AP, and I think actually Alex Smith are the difference here. AP is playing like he has something to prove, which he does, obviously, with his age. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't want to take a chance on him. But he's at the point now where, you know, he's done really great things for Washington. And I think that though he plays a very physical brand of football, uh, I think that he still can make a lot of key plays and, and do some good things for Washington. So kind of getting into Washington, they are the the heart of average in the league. They always have been, at least as long as I can remember, I think in their last like 50 games or 25 and 25 or something like that. Maybe a little bit better. But over the past several seasons, they've just been, eh, okay. And the way I've always described it is they're good enough to be close. Every year to the playoffs. Relatively close. But they're not bad enough for us to want to tank. They're good enough to give you hope until November, December time, but not good enough to get over the hump. And every year, you see that in their draft status between, what, 15 and 22 every single year because they're right there and they can never do it. And there are a couple other teams right in there. The epitome of average in league. I mean, 
we'll get into the top in a second. But you have the tankers that we talked about, and you have right. the the teams that are very close to tanking, and then you have this group of average, the playoff races, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, the Ravens are in that group. They're a good team, but are they going to yeah. be able to maintain it? The Redskins are a good team, but can they maintain it? Right. The the Texans even like they are a better team than they should be, or That's they're true. a better team than they actually are. Right. The Colts tanking. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars, the Buccaneers, all of these teams that are just kind of riding in the middle. Yeah. Chargers, I think, are in there too. Yeah. Denver. All of them just kind of like, some of us aren't going to make the playoffs. And even these teams that do make the playoffs, it's not going to matter. Because they're going to be one and dones, or they're going to play their wild card game, get to the next game, and get ousted. Well, uh, you know, you have obviously the financial standpoint. Um, and so there's definitely... You know, Washington obviously tries to keep winning as much as they can because it, it brings people to FedEx Field. It brings, you know, people to... to FedEx Field's been empty this year. Well, and if it's been full, it's been full of the other team's fans. Somebody, I, I forget who it was. Somebody from the Falcons was like, this was like a home game. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's sad. It's very sad. It's the way that DC, the Redskins fans have been, they're fed up with it. They're fed up with Dan Snyder. They're fed up with Bruce Allen. They're fed up with Gruden. They're fed up with the whole thing. They just want to win. The dysfunction in that front office is a big reason why nobody wants to play there. And the teams, the guys that do, it's because Sean Taylor. And right. that's why their defense is as good as it is. Mm-hmm. Why is their offense no good? Because their offensive line can't stay healthy. Point being is that they're average. And at the end of the day, this is my thought on the Redskins. And I'll close this out here before we get to our good teams. The Redskins' job in D.C. sports at the moment before we get to the, the Patriots and the Packers and all that, and mm. is to fill the void between when the Nationals fall off in the middle of the summer, about when training camp starts, right. and when the capital season starts at the beginning of October. Which means the Redskins, theoretically, our hope is that they give us enough hope and that they're good enough, statistically still there, until the middle of October. Mm-hmm. They've exceeded our expectations this year. But when they drop off, no one's going to skip a beat because Caps hockey is right there. Now, the Caps haven't gotten off to a hot start this year. They're doing all right. Ovi's killing the game. But everybody else in the Caps just okay. But no one cares because the Redskins are still technically doing pretty good this year. As soon as they drop off, it's going to be all hockey. Right. Because the Wizards are garbage too. Exactly. So now on these big, these big teams, the good ones. You've got mm-hmm. the Steelers. You've got the Rams. You've got the Saints. You've sure. got... The Patriots. Mm -hmm. Kansas City. Kansas City. Pat Mahomes is killing it this year. But let's start in New England. Okay. Tom Brady's 41. He's so handsome. So handsome. So handsome. Oh, what a guy. How how long can he keep this up? Well, you know, I think with with the new rules that really, really, really protect the quarterback. You might as well put him in bubble wrap. Exactly. You know, you can't breathe on the guy without getting a yellow flag thrown. And so... You know, I think he, he wants to play to 45. I see no reason that he can't, barring some crazy injury. And the only reason for that is because the quarterback is so protected these days. Do you think between now and 45 that he wins again? Like I think a Super Bowl. I think it's quite possible. Um, I don't, Do we really want that? Well, I don't want that. But here's my biggest thing with, with, uh, with Tom Brady is... He has everything that he could ever, ever want. That's what I'm saying is he's reached the pinnacle. Right. He's the one of one of he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Right. He's got 
tons of Super Bowls. He's got yeah. MVPs. He's got Super Bowl MVPs. A beautiful wife. Kids that he open mouth kisses, which is weird. That's super weird. He lives in Boston, which is great in the fall. Love the city. I mean, Boston. he's living his best life, both yeah. on and off the right. field. Not to mention, he's earned over $200 million. What more do you need, Tom Brady? I mean, that's how you know he's really in it to compete and he's in it for the love of the game because he mm-hmm. truly doesn't need anything else. Right. He's set. Yeah. He is set, and he, and he just wants to keep playing because he loves football. And it's he's obsessed with football the way MJ was obsessed with basketball. And still is obsessed with basketball. It's just all they do. They eat, sleep, breathe that sport. I want to see Aaron Rodgers win a couple more Super Bowls. I want to see um, Drew Brees. Drew Brees is 39. Absolutely. And he's, he's right there with him. Mm-hmm. Now, Drew Brees doesn't have the Super Bowls that Tom Brady does. But right. I mean, he just broke a record, what, a yardage record for a career mm-hmm. this year against the Redskins. But yeah. all these older quarterbacks. And then you shift into this next generation of quarterbacks. You've got Baker. You've got Pat Mahomes. You've got all of these guys that are coming up. You've got Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Like, mm-hmm. But you've got those that core group of new guys that's mm-hmm. really going to energize the league. Give it three or four years when all these old suckers are out. Mm-hmm. The league's going to be a completely different league. Absolutely. Almost electrified. Oh, yeah. For sure. And I think that's a really good thing for the NFL. Um, and that's because the college system is so good. Now, getting into that college system, um, let's talk college football Speaking of, you know, foregone conclusions like Tom Brady or like the Saints and their Mm -hmm. offense being electric this year, the foregone conclusion in college football is Alabama. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's Alabama and then the New York football giants and then everybody else. Right. Like if the New York football giants were a college program – they still wouldn't be better than Alabama. Correct. That's how bad the Giants are. But that's how good Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide are. Right. For, for our, like forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't see them dropping off anytime soon. Until St. Nick is gone, they're going to be Even after the juggernaut he leaves, that, they, that they are. Even after he leaves, it's, it's, it's so much bigger than Nick Saban at this point. Well, yes and no. It's Bryant Denny. It's, it's Nick Saban. It's the history right. of the program. And they win. Right. And that's, I think, because, because Nick Saban has made it such a su- successful program, I think that even when he's gone, people are still going to want to come. But you're going to start to feel it five, ten years after he's gone because they're not going to have that same, you know, that same force driving them. They're going to say, okay, yeah, they're historically a great college football program. But, you know, Saban's not there anymore. They haven't gone undefeated the past couple years. Or maybe, you know, they got knocked off in the championship. And I mean, I these think... guys are playing with the confidence of, like, the U from the 80s. Right. Like, they're rolling over people. Roll Tide. Like, yeah. I mean, the Tide is rolling. Like, LSU this weekend wasn't even a contest. The Shut third up. third ranked team in the nation. Mm-hmm. Two teams below them rolled over them. So, with that, who's going to beat them? Who's going to beat Alabama in the Alabama in- Invitational, as Shannon Sharp would say? Is there even a point in having the college football playoff? I think yes. I think there is um, because it gives, it gives these young players an opportunity to play in a high-stakes situation uh, that they're going to have to do 
if they make it to the, the professional football league. Um, and I think, I think there definitely is a point, and even though we all say Alabama's going to win, um, you know, I think Clemson this year, I actually have them in my personal rankings. Now, don't hold me, you know, Two don't days. hold this against me, but I actually have them ranked number one in Alabama two simply for the fact that they average about less than a field goal, uh, less points on offense, uh, but their defense is eight spots higher at number three as opposed to Alabama's number 11. So I think that if anybody's going to challenge Alabama and if anybody's going to give them a good run for their money and a really good national championship game, it's going to be Clemson this year. And I think the thing that puts Alabama above Clemson, in my opinion, because I think Clemson is a great team, Mm -hmm. but I think Alabama, being in the SEC, they play harder competition. Clemson's seen a little bit. It's all Texas A&M. They'll see the Mm -hmm. um, Boston College this weekend, which they're all right. Um, But they've got a quarterback in Tua. Good old Tua. Tua is incredible. And he's 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 I think he's the best quarterback that they've seen there in quite some time. No mm-hmm. offense against Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts wasn't he was just an okay guy. Right. And I think that's what's taking that's gonna take them over the hump this year. Not that they were close like that far away anyway, but um, the other question is everyone says let's ha- let's get an eight team playoff. But you're you're just gonna like draw out the foregone conclusion of Clemson, Alabama anyway. And then you're going to have them play more games, making them more susceptible to injury. And if they get injured, then they're they're draft stock. And, or if they get injured, then what's the point of playing those next games? Because these guys are injured and that ruins the integrity of the game. But I also think it gives an opportunity for other teams, even more teams to have that. We want Bama dream come true. And then then get smacked around by Alabama. Right. And, that, and see, and that's why I don't necessarily think that having an 18 playoff would be good. Because, you know, you're going to have Bama and Clemson up there at the top. Uh, this year you're going to have Michigan up there. And, you know, you're going to have the, the lesser teams. They're going to come in with, you know, high hopes. Oh, we're in the playoffs. We're going to do so well. We have this game plan. We watch film on these guys. And, you know, we're ready to take on whatever they throw at us. And then it's just another regular season game, and they just get stomped. And I think, you know, what's the point of that? Because really, why put the people, you know, up to those injuries? Why crush the dreams of all those lesser teams? And, you know, I just think it's there's no value in just dragging out the process of Alabama and Clemson winning. I think the other thing about an 18 playoff. It takes away the drama. Is that right now, you've got Alabama and Clemson. Mm -hmm. Let's just say those are locks. Then beyond that, we have... Beyond Alabama and Clemson, we have Notre Dame, who's undefeated. We have a very good Michigan team. uh, Oklahoma, LSU, Washington, West Virginia, Ohio State. Those are your top ten. I think I missed one in there. Georgia. I missed Georgia at five. Yep. So you have Alabama. You have Clemson. Mm-hmm. Alabama's going to play Georgia in the SEC championship game. Georgia wins. Do you think that makes a difference? No. So Alabama still gets in. Mm-hmm. Do you think Georgia gets in if they win? For um, essentially a rematch between 
I don't think it matters. I don't think Georgia gets in. I also don't think Alabama is going to lose to Georgia. Right, and that's the like that's why I have a hard time envisioning anything besides Bama winning. Okay, so let's take Georgia off the table. Okay, so we have Alabama, Clemson, locks, right? Yep, um, sure. Assuming they win out, mm-hmm. locks, mm-hmm. three spot. Notre Dame wins out. They don't have a conference, but they haven't lost. Who'd they play? Still get in? Uh, I think yes. So Notre Dame's a lock if they win out. Michigan. Michigan, I think, has the hardest schedule of the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. I'll look it up. Michigan has the most to lose here. For sure. And I still don't think Ohio State gets in, even if they, no. even if they win their conference. Right. Ohio State's good, but they're not the juggernaut they used to be. What about Oklahoma or West Virginia? Do you think the winner of the, the Big 12 gets in? Uh, I think... Do you think they still have a chance? I think uh, for if, West let's Virginia... If, Michigan loses. No. But I do think Oklahoma, yes. So, West Virginia and Oklahoma play each other. Mm-hmm. Let's say West Virginia wins that game. Then they'll play each other again in the Big 12 championship game. Mm-hmm. Let's say West Virginia wins that game. Do you think West Virginia has a chance then? I think if they win both of those games... But if yes. they split, I think they're both out. Uh, yeah, I could see that. So, you've got Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, if they win out. Michigan wins out, they're in two? Yeah. Yeah, so, definitely. So, these two teams, Notre Dame and Michigan, control their own destiny. Mm-hmm. For sure. Beyond that, I mean, I don't, LSU's season is over. Ohio State's season is over. I think West Virginia truly has a chance. I don't think Georgia does. No. Washington State? I think they're a 9 and one team, but they're in the Pac-10, 12, whatever, however many teams are out in the, the West Coast. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think they get in. So it's like four teams fighting for two spots, mm-hmm. and realistically, if those top two teams win, then we're ha- when we, we exactly know where we're going to be at the end of the college football playoff, I think it's the beginning of it. Now, next question is, do you think I, either of those two teams is going to be Clemson or Alabama? No. No, I have personally. I have uh, Michigan and Oklahoma in mind, um, and I I don't see either of those teams beating Clemson or Alabama. Now, what about UCF? UCF, mind you, has not lost a game in quite some time, and they feel like they were last year's national champion because they beat Auburn, who beat Alabama, and by the transitive property, then beat Alabama, which is a right. joke. Um, do you think they deserve a spot? That would be my only argument for an eight-team tournament. Is that is that you get a team like that who their real aspiration is to play Alabama? Mm-hmm. I don't even think they're in the top fifteen in the college football. Maybe they are. Maybe I'm just not seeing them on the screen. But UCF has been. It's because they're not in the Power Five, right? But do you think it would matter? I think they'd get trounced. Oh, absolutely. I think they would. Um, however, I'm for it. You know, I think that's what they want. I mean, be careful what you wish for, but I think, you know, UCF do your thing. If anyone from UCF is listening, I believe in you. I I don't, I doubt it. I don't, I believe in you. And here's why I believe in you because I don't want to believe in Alabama anymore. Now, the last thing I'll say on UCF and that transitions into our last little bit here is Something that I find incredibly laughable. That in their stadium, they have proudly displayed 2017 national champions. 
What bowl game did they play last year? I'm pretty sure the Sugar Bowl. Who'd they beat? Auburn. An Auburn team, by the way, who was mad they didn't make the mad they didn't make the college football playoff. So they probably didn't care. So they probably didn't play as hard as they probably could have against that UCF team. For sure. Why a UCF team that didn't lose a game last year beat an Auburn team that beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl and Alabama ended up winning it all, which is why UCF is now like, yeah, by the transit of property, we are national champions. So much so that they put it in their st- – it's huge. I don't know if you've seen it. Google it. It's huge. I know this is an audio medium, medium, but Google it. It's like – Massive. Massive. 2017 national champions. And it's laughable. It's like saying like the Redskins are Super Bowl champions because they beat the Eagles once last year. Right. That's not how it works. That's not how the game is played. You aren't national champions. Yeah, you won a lot of games. Yeah, you beat an Auburn team that was struggling at the time. Congratulations, you won a major bowl game. But you are by no means national champions, and I find that laughable. Absolutely. But it's Florida. (laughs) Crazier things have happened in Florida. Crazier things have happened in Florida, and I can guarantee that as a fact. And that leads us into our final segment of the week called A Local Florida Man. In this segment, Carter and I are going to break down headlines from the state of Florida about the crazy things that Floridians do. Here's the first headline. Just in, Florida man strips down to his underwear and Crocs, jumps into a crocodile pool, Gets bitten, climbs out, and jumps in again. This is real news, Carter. You know, I really, I really admire his determination, though. I'm not sure what he was trying to accomplish, but, you know, he didn't give up. He didn't quit. What, what do you mean he didn't quit? Maybe that was him quitting. <laughs> he jumped back in. Maybe it was him quitting. Maybe that was him just, you know, these Crocs are going to get me, but... You know, I admire the fact that he wore Crocs. I was about to say, you know the best part about that headline? That he was just wearing Crocs. For sure, for sure. Crocs I, with I the do Crocs. That frequently. It was like being a part of the family. Like exactly. here we are. But what what drives you to think like this is a good idea? Okay, okay. Um, yeah, you know, I actually I really like this one. That um, uh, so the headline is nearly naked Florida man spotted weaving through I ninety five on bicycle in Miami. I was running late for work. All right, like I was just trying. I was. I just got out of the showers, just trying to get to work on time. I, I've noticed a lot of these have to do with floor, Floridian men being naked. Or mostly naked, yes. Florida man goes to a Japanese steakhouse, starts stripping in front of customers. Next, Florida man strips naked at mall, makes whooping sounds at police. Here's one. Naked Florida man drinks two liters of vodka. Why are they always naked? Burns down house baking cookies on a George freaking Foreman grill. Why are they always naked? Why? If you're from Florida, I get it. Florida's where you go to retire. Or in less kind words, Florida's where you go to die. But yeah, like I, I get it. It's hot. But put some clothes on. Here's a good one. And this one, this one, the man is clothed. Florida man trashes McDonald's, challenges cops to fight him at jail. This man literally is in jail. Yo, yo, you want to fight? You want to fight, bro? I just imagine him behind bars, like trying to reach through. And the cops are just looking at him. 
What what are you doing? Sweaty Florida man threatens to kill neighbors because his never mind. <laughs> never mind. Never okay, mind. Here's one. Florida man reports dead body by taking skull to Publix, a a drugstore. Just store. a gr- grocery store. Just going to the market <laughs> using a skull, using it as a hand puppet. This is not Halloween. Maybe it was. I don't know when this when this spooky. happened. It's spooky season in Florida that, forever. He took a, like a real life dead person's skull, put it on his hand, started talking through it, saying, "Hey, by the way, there's a dead body, and this is his skull." Hey, by the way, you seem like you found something. Uh, I just I found this one. It's on page one. But uh, a Florida man hired on Thursday, fired on Sunday, tries to kill boss two hours later. How do you get that timeline? That that is incredible investigative journalism right there. I really like what what the journalist did here. It's a great headline. You know, it's going to sell. And honestly, it's just really really funny. All right, let's close out let's close out this segment. We'll just go back and forth on these on these Florida man until we find the best one. Florida man threatens to blow up lesbian's home because she wouldn't have sex with him. I don't know if you understand how sexual orientation works. You know? <laughs> but a lot of people and a lot of people don't. So factual. Florida man attacks girlfriend with fried chicken. Top that. Uh, Florida man enters convenience store carrying live gator, chases customers. <laughs> just a live gator in his hand carrying it around like a pooch alright I'm not, you're not you don't even get a third this is this is it this is the one and Florida man parks his Cadillac into a lake maybe it's a shortcut Dwight it said go to the right it can't mean that there's well, a lake right there I think it knows where it is going this is the, the lake. machine knows this is the lake. stop yelling at me no it's stop not yelling. yelling there's no lake here Michael Scott is a Florida man, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> and uh, that's the end of the segment. And I think that's the end of the show. Oh. This is a good episode. Yeah, I had fun with it. This was fun. I like this. We should, we should have you on sometime again. Hey, I'm for it. Hey. Just give me a shout. If you'd like... I don't know how frequently you can do this, but maybe we could do... Maybe, maybe we could co-host in season two. Hey, I'm for it. We're going to have to talk about a little bit more than just sports. I hope you know that. But I'm okay with that. But Carter, I'm definitely going to have it. At the very least, going to have you on the show again in the future. I hope you had fun. Thank you for coming to visit. Um, this was a blast. Swing by Norfolk. Come visit me. Carter, you know, was the trailblazer here. If you'd like to follow suit, I would love to have you come and visit. If you want to be a guest on the show... Please come on. I'd love to have you. We can do. You don't have to come here. We can do it over the phone. I know I'm excited to have my brothers on the show uh, for a Thanksgiving episode. Shortly thereafter, we're going to have um, financial planning with a friend of mine from high school who's an accounting major. We're going to talk about personal finance and Rob takes on his money as I try to get involved in investing. Uh, and then sometime around here, we're going to talk about your power bill. We're going to talk about the best ways to save money this winter on your Powerball. So that's what's to come on the Rob Takes On Experience, the Rob Takes On Podcasting Adventure. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode a little bit longer than normal, but I think it was a pretty fun ride. Don't you? I totally agree. 
So before I let you go at home, Carter, final thoughts. Well, Clemson is still my number one. Florida's still a little crazy. And Tom Brady is still incredibly handsome. Incredibly handsome? How does he do it? We'll just end the show right there. Special shout out, like I said, to my guest this week and the best roommate I ever had, Carter Evans. You can follow him on the Twitterverse and on the gram. You can do that at... Carter underscore Evans 13. Spelled just like it sounds. And as always, I'm Hey It's Me Rob, reminding you that when you get down to it, everything in this world either is or is not ice cream. And of course, don't do anything I wouldn't do. You'll find it's a pretty short list. Say goodbye, Carter. Bye. Bye. See you next week. Robert, I don't like you that much.